Are there any new things that are coming up or have come up recently that you're seeing to be useful for the American that is buying real estate in Mexico? Now, well, I will say the process from what I've seen, you know, from an outsider kind of looking, looking in is that the, the process of buying property in Mexico has really streamlined. Um, mm -hmm. It's gotten a lot easier. Um, I can't say that about all countries because some countries I know require you to be a citizen of that country if you want to buy property. So even though the IRA doesn't restrict you from buying anywhere, you can buy property on the moon if you found property on the moon within your IRA. Um, Mexico has gotten a, little, a lot more streamlined. Um, I do know that you have to go through a, you know, a, a, a trustee in cases where it's you know, property near a coastline or whatnot. Um, but I would say people like yourself have been great for companies like us too, because our clients are always looking for new investment options. And we always get questions about investing in property you know, internationally. Welcome to the Nick Fong Podcast. As the broker and owner of Ronaval Real Estate, Nick has spent nearly 20 years in Baja, California, sir. And in this podcast, he'll be talking everything Baja, from food and culture to real estate and property management. And now, here's your host, Nick Fong. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the podcast. And today's guest Nate here with Directed IRA, all the way from Phoenix, Arizona. Nate, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. And we're not too far from you guys, but um, it's, it's great to be here and uh, great for thinking of us uh, to be on this podcast. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for your time. I, the reason why I wanted you on our podcast is we're getting more and more our clients asking us for ways they can invest their money down where we're located in Baja Sur. And so I actually found you guys on YouTube and you guys are putting out a lot of content and uh, thanks for doing that. But I thought it would be even better to have you on the podcast and talk um, about your services and what kind of options Americans have with their retirement funds. Well, it's a great question, especially a hot topic today with, you know, things going on and, um, you know, with investments. Uh, what we do at, at Directed IRA is we allow people to use their retirement accounts, whether that's a 401k from an old job that they had, an IRA, a Roth IRA, even a health savings account, and use those accounts to invest in what we call alternative assets. Now, those are assets that you buy, Nick, uh, real estate, uh, both uh, internationally and, and at home here in the United States. And um, it's actually one of the fastest growing asset classes, this alternative asset space. Most people don't realize it, but there's a lot of people out there searching for new investment options in their retirement account specifically and investments that aren't tied to Wall Street. Things that are a little bit more tangible, things that can cash flow um, and real estate, real estate seems to be one of the most popular options when it comes to an IRA, a directed IRA. So for those that don't know, what is a self-directed IRA? Get that question every day. Uh, self-directed, actually, it's just a marketing term. Uh, a lot of people get confused and think that self-directed IRAs are some special IRA that, that, that uh, follow a different set of rules than their IRA at Fidelity or, say, Charles Schwab. Um, IRAs are no different no matter where you go. The IRA rules set forth uh, by the IRS um, don't really dictate what you're allowed to invest in. 
the rules just say what you're not allowed to invest in when it comes to an IRA. And there's only two investments that you can't hold in an IRA or a retirement account. And that's life insurance contracts and collectibles. So most people just, you know, they don't realize that because they don't know what the rules are. And when we have an IRA here at a directed IRA, the reason we call it a self-directed IRA is that our clients have to choose and pick their own investments. Now, those can be investments on Wall Street, but most of our clients use their IRAs here for investments off of Wall Street. The reason why you don't have that option at your Fidelities or Charles Schwab's is because they don't make money selling real estate. They don't make money selling oil and gas interests or mineral rights or all the weird things our clients like to invest in. So the rules with IRAs are the same no matter where you go. We just use self-directed as a marketing term to indicate that this is an IRA you have more control over. This is an IRA where you're really truly taking control of your retirement assets by picking the investments. And we set it up in a way that you, allows you to invest in anything the IRS allows, um, you know, regardless or, or outside of this uh, life insurance contracts and collectibles, as I mentioned. Okay. And so that does include real estate both domestic and abroad. Correct. Real estate is probably one of our most, one of our most popular investments, alternative investments that people like to hold, uh, like you said, domestic or abroad. And again, the IRS doesn't restrict us from investing in real estate, both here in our home country or in, in other countries. Now, there are some you know, rules and restrictions with buying property in other countries that have nothing to do with the IRAs that you still need to understand and, and follow. But as far as the IRA rules themselves, you can invest in anything but those two asset classes I mentioned. Now, different from investing in, let's say, gold or Apple stock, um, a house property condo is something that you personally can actually use, right? And so there are some guidelines around that with the IRS, aren't there? Correct. So when you look at the IRS code, um, there's, there's a couple different things you have to follow and abide by when it comes to the IRA rules or your 401k rules. And you just got to remember what those accounts are set up to help you do. Those accounts are set up to help you save for retirement. So it, the rules are going to allow you to either defer the taxation on the investments all the way until you take distributions at retirement, or in some cases, if it's a Roth IRA or a health savings account, those distributions, once you take it out of the account, are completely tax-free. But that's where you get your benefit from those accounts is through distribution only. So when it comes to, let's just get, for your example, let's say it's, a, it's an, a, an investment property. One thing you cannot do while you hold an investment property in your IRA is you can't use it for personal use or personal gain. So unfortunately, you can't stay there. You can't rent it to yourself. Uh, the IRS just views that as you're just using it personally. So take it out of your IRA at that point. Um, but as long as you use the assets within your retirement account for investment purposes only, all the income goes to the IRA. You can take income out as a distribution. All the usage of the assets within it are, you know, uh, non-disqualified third parties, you know, renters, non-family members, not, not yourself. Um, then you're perfectly allowed to use that as an investment vehicle and, and generate more cash flow to your IRA. Um, and there are some other tricks to the trade where I've seen clients that actually hold rental property in their IRA or retirement accounts and maybe later down the road as, as a retirement option, if they decide, hey, I want to live in that property my IRA owns, you know, down in, in Los Cabos, 
They can't sell it to themselves. They can't, they can't take it out of their IRA like that, but they can take assets out of their IRA as a distribution. And that's within the rules. So while it's in the IRA though, you can't use it for personal use, but you can use it as a great investment tool to beef up the size of your IRA. Okay. So if, cause actually this has happened with a client of mine where they put it into a self-directed IRA and they were able to buy a house 10 years ago or more in Los Cabos and it came close and it was always a rental property, never used it personally, but they're coming to the time where they're actually going to retire and use the house uh, for personal enjoyment. So walk us through what that process is. I mean, what kind of tax implications are there? What's the procedure that they have to follow? So great question. When you take a distribution out of your IRA, depending on the type of IRA you have, that distribution may be taxed and may be penalized, depending on the type of IRA and when you take the distribution out. So for example, just keep it real simple. Most people have a traditional IRA. That's a pre-taxed account. It's a bucket of money you haven't paid taxes on yet. So if you decided to take, let's just call it cash, for example, if you decide to take a $100,000 cash distribution out of your traditional IRA, you would pay taxes on it that year at, at your normal income tax bracket. And uh, as long as you were past the age of 59 and a half, you wouldn't have to pay the 10% early withdrawal penalty. Now, if we instead substitute a piece of real estate versus cash, you're going to take a piece of real estate out of your IRA. Well, then we have to know the value of that asset. So in, in those circumstances, what your custodian, your IRA custodian will normally have you do is have an appraisal or have some sort of hard concrete value to what that asset's worth. That way we know what the distribution value of it is. And let's just say that the house was $100,000, same value. We would send a 1099 to the IRS or to you uh, saying you took a distribution of this amount, and then you would potentially be subject to taxes and penalties. But if you strategize it a little better, I ha I've had clients do this, Nick, where they kind of know that they want to retire in a certain area. Maybe it's a condo in Florida or, or Los Cabos, for example. And they, they want to hold it in their IRA for X amount of years, gain some rental income, and then maybe distribute it to themselves later down the road. They could do what's called a Roth conversion, actually pay taxes on the money first in their traditional IRA before they make the investment, convert those funds over to a Roth IRA, and buy the investment property held in the name of the Roth IRA. Now, here's where things are different because the Roth IRA works different. You're paying the taxes up front. So all the gains past that point come back to your Roth IRA, that rental income, appreciation, you know, whatever it may be. Um, all get all uh, basically goes into the Roth IRA completely tax free. And as long as you've had the Roth IRA for five tax years, and you're above the age of 59 and a half, when you take the distribution of that real estate out, doesn't matter what the value is, we'll still get a value. But distributions out of a Roth IRA are tax free and penalty free forever once you've hit those two markers, five years, and 59 and a half. And that's a great uh, retirement strategy that almost nobody talks about. That's an interesting strategy. So if we have clients that are, say, 55 years old, and they're not going to personally use a property that they buy in Los Cabos, they're just going to use it 100% as a rental property. Um, and they don't have personal funds to purchase, but they have retirement funds. It would make sense that they purchase it in that Roth self-directed IRA um, strategy. And so they can 
use retirement funds in the self-directed fashion. And since they've already paid taxes on that money, all the future earnings are tax-free when, tax when they go to uh, pull it out of that uh, yes. self-directed, right? Yep, provided that the Roth has been seasoned for five tax years. And you right. picked up on it, great. You picked up on, well, 55, if I do this at 55, five years from now, I'll be over the age of 59 and a half and I'll have it seasoned for five years. So every dollar that I've gained uh, over that next five-year period would be tax-free and penalty-free. And it doesn't mean you have to take it out of the IRA right at 59 and a half, but once at that point, if you decided to use it, that you wanted to use it for personal use, that would be the one legal way to take it out of the IRA. And at that point, if it's in a Roth, you wouldn't be taxed or penalized on that distribution. Now, what about the rentals in those five years from 55 to 60? Would those be taxable? As long as you don't take it out of the IRA, they're, they're not taxable. If you decide to take it out before that five-year period and before you're 59 and a half, well, then you might still have to pay taxes and penalties because it's going to be treated almost like a traditional IRA at that point. So the whole key to it and the whole the, the way to maximize that Roth conversion opportunity is to convert and don't touch it until five years and 59 and a half. That's where you're going to receive your, your maximum tax benefit. Now, another thing I want to throw out there too, especially with this Roth IRA, we love the Roth IRA, I love talking about it, is that you know for some people, they might not take every property out as a distribution out of their IRA. We have a lot of clients that are thinking more on a long-term scale uh, by providing more generational wealth uh, to their heirs. Um, and one of the greatest gifts on earth that I love talking about are inherited Roth IRAs. If you think about uh, an inherited Roth IRA, this is, this is an IRA that when the, the deceased owner of the Roth IRA passes, the inheritance, usually spouse or, or their kids or grandkids, inherit what's called a or an inherited Roth IRA that still has those assets. If, the, if it's rental property, this is a great example. And for at least another 10 years, those assets can continue to grow, appreciate, and, and gain rental income in a completely tax-free manner. Um, so if you, if you really take those two concepts, the ability to own cash-flowing, appreciating real estate in a tax-free entity that lives beyond your lifetime, you're really talking about creating true generational wealth for yourself and for your next generation. Now, your heirs in that situation after the 10 years, they would be subject to gift taxes, wouldn't they, if, it's, if it goes above a certain threshold? It, it, could, it could be. You want, to, you want to check with your CPA and accountant, but in normal cases, uh, when it comes to you know, the lifetime of your, your money, when you really look at the inherited Roth IRA, there's just great opportunity to pass on that wealth in a non-taxable entity. Because remember, IRAs, by definition, are tax-exempt trusts. So they, they have the ability to grow tax-deferred or tax-free, depending on the type of IRA trust it is. Um, and when you die, again, your assets, your remaining assets can live past your lifetime. And the one thing that I really love about the, the topic of real estate in these types of accounts is that I would say most people have in their retirement accounts just stocks and bonds and you know mutual funds, things that you know your heirs can just press a button and sell. And I see that often when you pass on a lot of assets that are just in stocks. You know your beneficiaries ends up selling a lot of those things and just taking the distribution. Where if you pass real estate, things that are tangible, things that aren't easy to sell, a lot of times you're passing on you know an asset that they 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 might 
you know, take out some of the distributions of the rents, but they really learn to deal with tangible assets that live a lot longer than just a stock that you can sell with the push of a button. So there's a lot of advantages to holding real estate, uh, you know, whether it's international or domestic in an IRA. And I just love the topic. Hey, thanks for being a part of the Nick Fong podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get the latest updates. And if you're watching this on our social channels, please like and share. And if you want to be featured or you want me to talk on a certain topic, food, activities, culture, real estate in the Baja, drop a comment. And Nate, the mechanics of someone setting up that self-directed IRA, what goes into that? So setting up a self-directed IRA is really easy. It, it, it just takes filling out an application. You can go to our website, directedira.com. Um, we've got a, a whole host of different account types that you can use. There's really seven main account types you can use. There's traditional Roths. Uh, we have employer plans if you're self-employed. Uh, you can have a SEP IRA, a simple IRA, or even a solo 401k, which is really a really great tool for self-employed individuals. And then we also have self-directed health savings accounts and self-directed education savings accounts, which are not retirement accounts, but they're taxed exempt vehicles to help uh, our clients pay for health expenses and education expenses. Uh, you can open all those types of accounts on our website by just filling out an application, paying a $50 application fee. Uh, and then the next step is, is you got to get those accounts funded. How you fund those accounts is by uh, transferring money from one of your existing accounts. Uh, you can transfer from a Fidelity or Charles Schwab. Doesn't cost anything on our end to, to submit the transfer. Or you can roll some money over from an old 401k or a rollover IRA that you have somewhere else. Or you can just make a contribution to a directed IRA account just like you can at Fidelity. Those steps are easy. When it comes to the investment process, that's where it changes a little bit. You have to kind of understand what you're going to invest in. Uh, again, we specialize in things like real estate, uh, notes secured by real estate. So our transactions team is very fast and equipped to handle the paperwork involved in that process. And the one thing that I will say on that process is you have to work through us, the IRA custodian, to sign off on the purchase, uh, whatever it is that you're purchasing. So it's not like we're just going to hand you the money in some cases and you, you go out and buy property because that would be a distribution. Uh, but you have to work through us to buy property. And if you're buying international property, one of the things, one of the products that we have that is, I would say, sometimes crucial, sometimes beneficial to buying international property is we do have a what's called a checkbook control IRA LLC. It's a little bit different of a product. Not all our clients use it, but it is very helpful, especially when you're buying things like international property, where uh, our in-house attorneys will set up an LLC for you that's owned by your IRA. So your IRA owns an LLC. You as the IRA owner are the managing member of that LLC. So you get the checkbook, right? There's a little more responsibility in this, in this setup, but it does allow you to uh, write checks for your investments gives you a little bit more asset protection, also allows you to, allows you to send international wires you know, at, at your given timeframe. Um, so in the case of a special investment like that, we may you know, have you set up a checkbook control LLC, um, but that, that's pretty much the process. Open an account, fund an account, work through us on the investment, whether it's a direct purchase of the real estate or a purchase of shares in an LLC that end up buying the real estate. Yeah, actually, the LLC is the way our clients have gone. They've set up an LLC. Does it matter what state the LLC is established in? 
not necessarily the state, but what we like to see is that it's a U.S. based LLC. Um, you know, that way you have a little bit more control over it. Um, and we have in-house attorneys that will set it up for you um, that are very, very well versed in how to do it. We've been doing it for years. Um, and it's one of the one of the more popular, I say, uh, uh, options that we have for clients that are either buying a lot of investments that have a lot of moving parts or they're using multiple accounts on one investment. Some people like to dump their you know, uh, husband and wife's Roth IRA in there, their health savings account, mm-hmm. uh, their SEP IRA and dump them all into one entity. Sometimes it's an ease of use type thing, right. um, but ease of use, uh, you've got checkbook control and a little bit more asset protection gives you the more flexibility to invest in, in things that, you know, might be out of the States or whatnot. And time and cost to set up this, roughly speaking. Roughly speaking, probably about a week. Um, the only thing that takes a little bit of time, I would say, is moving money from your current custodian. It's the only thing out of our hands when it comes to time frame. So setting up the account, 24 to 48 hours, moving the money over, depending on who you're working with, if it's a Fidelity or a Charles Schwab, three to five business days. Uh, and then setting up the LLC, uh, working with our attorneys, that may, might take an additional week. So I would say maybe two weeks, give yourself two, three weeks to get everything set up. Uh, but once you get that entire structure set up, it, it's really, you've got the checkbook. You, you can, you can uh, make things uh, happen at the drop of a hat at that point. And when it comes to cost, you know, we don't try to project ourselves as the low cost uh, leader out there, even though we are. Uh, we try to you know, say that we're the best value, which I think we are. Uh, but after the $50 account establishment fee, there's typically a $50 uh, per transaction fee. That's that's buying an investment and selling an investment, not receiving cash. Just so you need to buy something, we have a $50 transaction fee. And then a just an annual fee of $295 a year. The $295 covers all your investments in your IRA, um, and no matter what the value is. So whether you have a $10 IRA or a million dollar IRA, it's just going to be $295 annually per year. Oh, that's nothing. I mean... What we have to do as foreigners, we need to set up a real estate trust that the LLC will be the beneficiary of. And that, and that real estate trust in Mexico costs $500 a year. So to have at $295 and then $50 to purchase, it's very, very affordable. Right. And especially when you think, I mean, when you think a couple hundred bucks and and a lot of people, they get caught up on fees only because they think, well, I don't pay any fees at Fidelity. Well, yeah, but they make money differently. They make money off your trades. They make money off broker fees. There's other ways that they make money. We don't make money on the investment at all. We we are just a purely transactional based company um, that makes transactions based on our client's direction. Um, But when you think about the strategies that we kind of mentioned with the Roth IRA and, and how much you can really save in taxes, when you focus your energy more on investing in a tax exempt entity versus just investing with your own money, that couple hundred bucks a year is nothing. Um, and it's, it's just a great way to invest in alternative assets. And I will tell you, you know, one of the most fascinating you know, factoids that I like to throw out there to people who maybe are new to self-direction is that uh, you know, only about 2 or 3% of all IRAs are self-directed. But of the IRAs valued above $5 million, 25% of the assets within those IRAs are in alternative assets and self-directed. So you get, it's not a new idea, but it, it's definitely not a new idea to the ultra wealthy. They've been buying alternative assets like real estate and IRAs since the 70s. So it's, it's kind of new to most of us, uh, but it's just a great investment option. And you know the fees for us are extremely low, probably too low, I would say. But uh, yeah, a couple hundred bucks a year and you're on your way. Nate? 
Um, can a client purchase a piece of real estate where, let's say, 50% is personal and 50% with a self-directed IRA? You can. Now, there, there are some, I would say, some cautions with that. Um, as long as you are not personally benefiting outside of your investment, personally. Let, let's just give an example. I've, I've got a $100,000 investment. I want to throw $50,000 from my bank account, my personal funds, and $50,000 from my IRA or IRA LLC. I can't commingle those funds, or I don't want to commingle those funds. I want to keep what's called a parallel transaction all the way through, meaning if I'm 50-50 owners with my IRA, the profit split 50-50, and the expenses are split 50-50. If it's since 30, 70, I got to stick to those percentages. I can't shove more profit into my side or shove more profit into my IRA side uh, outside of their percent ownership. And I have to make sure that, and this is kind of a weird one, I'm doing the investment that I, I could have done with 100% cash or 100% IRA. I just chose to do 50-50. There's a weird rule in there where in the IRS rules that says you can't extend any benefit uh, to your IRA or vice versa. So if I only had $50,000 cash and only had $50,000 in my IRA and I had to make that $100,000 investment, the IRS could deem that prohibited. It's not a low-hanging fruit for the IRS, but I would just say if you want to partake in the IRA's investment and you don't need one side or the other, you just want to share in the profit, then it is allowable to do that provided you keep that parallel transaction I mentioned. So this begs the question, if it's 50% personal, 50% with the IRA, can the 50% personal use the property personally? I knew that was the follow-up question. That's always the follow-up question I get. Unfortunately, no, because you can't use a 1% of the property when your IRA owns any of it. So your IRA can own 1% of that property and you still cannot use it at all because it's owned partially by your IRA. But, but great question. But like I said, you can always buy it. And, and sometimes it's better to just keep it in the IRA gaining profit completely tax-free. That's better than using your money in most cases. And then if you absolutely want to use the property in retirement and you have it, say, owned in a Roth IRA, just take it out as a distribution completely tax-free at the end of the road, say 10 years or 20 years down the road. So you personally couldn't use it 1% to 100% if it's owned by the IRA. What if you personally were paying rent on it? Same, same thing. They just, really? they, they want, yep. They want you at arm's length from your IRA's investment. Yep. Has to be rented. It can't be rented to yourself. It can't be rented to your spouse and it can't be rented to lineal ascendants or descendants. Now these are the IRS rules. These are not my rules. A lineal ascendants, meaning your parents, grandparents, all the way up and lineal descendants, which are kids, grandkids, and all the way down. Now, the reason that they disqualify those people, and that's usually your line of inheritance. So my kids, for example, are also disqualified and also cannot use my IRA's assets for personal use because let's say that I die and they get an inherited IRA. Well, if they're living in the property, they're living in their inherited IRA's own, own property. Here's one of the weird things. Family that are not included on the disqualified person list are the people to the side. So brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, nieces, nephews, in-laws, or even not on the disqualified person's list. So if you wanted to rent it uh, to those family members, you could just make sure that you're not sneaking in there at night, you know, staying, staying with your brother if it's rented to your brother. But th those, are, those are the rules. I don't make the rules and we just abide by the rules. Okay, that's clear. That's clear. Thanks for clarifying that. 
And I think the questions that I have have been all answered. Are there any new things that are coming up or have come up recently that you're seeing to be useful for the American that is buying real estate in Mexico? Now, well, I will say the process from what I've seen, you know, from an outsider kind of looking, looking in is that the, the process of buying property in Mexico has really streamlined. Um, mm -hmm. It's gotten a lot easier. Um, I can't say that about all countries because some countries I know require you to be a citizen of that country if you want to buy property. So even though the IRA doesn't restrict you from buying anywhere, you can buy property on the moon if you found property on the moon within your IRA. Um, Mexico has gotten a, little, a lot more streamlined. Um, I do know that you have to go through a, you know, a, a, a trustee in cases where it's, you know, property near a coastline or whatnot. Um, but I would say people like yourself have been great for companies like us too, because our clients are always looking for new investment options. And we always get questions about investing in property, you know, internationally. And um, even though we can't tell them how to do it, you know, someone like yourself, who's providing great education, um, I would say those are the new things with YouTube and all the videos out there the access to information is, is getting increasingly better uh, for investors to invest in things outside of what they've been taught to invest in, which is just typically Wall Street. So as far as the rules and regulations go, most of the rules and regulations don't really apply to, I guess, international property too, too much. We did have some things going through Congress that, that kind of got squashed, which was good for the IRA industry. I won't get into the details of that, but basically long story short, um, our, our abilities to self-direct our IRA and our ability to buy alternative assets remains just as strong as it was last year and the, and, and the year before that, and it continues to remain strong. So I would just, if anybody has retirement assets, retirement accounts, uh, that they're just not satisfied with their investments, look at alternative investments, look at the alternative investments. It's growing. Um, it, it's expected to grow the alternative asset space by 70%. Uh, in, in, uh, up until about 2030. So it is a growing investment that people are looking into. Um, and again, real estate is one of the great uh, things that you can buy. Can, when you consider appreciation, cash flow, it's tangible, which I love. You know, you can't, your, your real piece of real estate owned in your IRA can't, can't uh, go bankrupt or fly away, you know, in the middle of the night, like, like a stock can. So you're always going to have some tangibility to those assets. And, and if you look at any conservative numbers when it comes to real estate, real estate appreciates over time. And if you've got it rented out, cash flow is king. So, and that can all be tax-free within a self-directed IRA. And with that, Nate, I think that concludes. I appreciate your time and sharing your knowledge and information. If people need to get a hold of you and talk more in depth about the self-directed IRA, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, if they want to get a hold of me, just email me directly. It's nate, N-A-T-E dot hair, H-A-R-E at directedira.com. Um, and you can stay tuned for us. We're going to, we do a ton of education. Follow us on YouTube, go to directedira.com and register for our newsletter. And you can keep in touch with us for all the new online education that we've got coming up and any changes that ever happen. We're always quick to uh, throw those out as announcements to our uh, clients and people who are associated with our newsletter. So go to our website, register for our newsletter and, and keep in touch with us through our online events and our, even our YouTube channel. Nate, thanks. Thanks for having us. Appreciate All right. It. Until the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nick Fong Podcast. 
Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Ronaval Real Estate. And follow Nick on Instagram at nickfong underscore Ronaval. Ready to find your Baja dream home? Check out the latest property listings at ronaval.com or findmexicohouses.com. Hasta luego.